Hey guys, welcome to the TLH podcast. We hope this week's message encourages, challenges, and helps you grow towards a greater relationship with Christ. Enjoy the message. And the title of my sermon today is Love's True Character. You know, we've talked a lot about love here in church because that is one of the main foundations of who Jesus is. Jesus came down to die for us because of love. You know, he showed us what the ultimate love is, and the best. We, and, and all we do is our best to emulate that. You know, me dying on the cross is not going to save anyone, but me living like him will. Maybe, maybe me living like him will bring someone closer to God. You know, it's not just to imitate him, but it's to do as he does, to say as he says, to walk as he does. You know, and just try to figure things out. And there, and it's amazing when you study the Bible. How many men did this without knowing Jesus? It's easy for us to know what Jesus would do. Why? Because we can read it. But there was a time where there was no Bible. There was few scriptures around. And yet people still did as God instructed them. So today I'm going to be talking about Nehemiah today. We read in Joshua, but we're going to be focusing on Nehemiah. So you can turn your Bibles to Nehemiah and just, you know, have it there open. Because we're going to be reading off of there. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for King Xerxes back in the day. A cupbearer is the one who is responsible to drink, uh, the, take the first drink, take the first bite of the food before the king, just to make sure everything was A-OK. Because poison was, you know, a popular and easy form of assassination, you know. You don't have to run up to the person, no. Just a little bit of poison, usually that takes care of it. So it was this man's job to take a bite, take a drink of everything. And what would have happened if he died? Been replaced with someone else. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a position that only those who were trusted by the king could take. But at the same time, you know, as we feel in, this, feel in life sometimes that we're replaceable. If you quit your job today, they're going to find someone else tomorrow. Or sometimes that very same day. If you get fired, it's because they probably already have someone else in mind too. You know, it's, it feel, it's so easy to feel replaceable. But the great thing about God is he makes sure that we're not. He, even though we're all here together, even though we're all together as a church, as a congregation, as a body of Christ, we're still individuals, and the Lord respects that. And I think that speaks highly of who he is. And that speaks highly of how we should love. We should love individ- not just groups of people, but individuals as well. So Nehemiah's job was to take the first drink out of everything, first bite out of everything, and hope he doesn't die. Well, God didn't want him to die, so God did not allow that to happen. You know, maybe, you know, there's always, there was always conflict, but, you know, thankfully, God was there with him at all times. Through God's grace, even though he was originally a captive slave, because at this time, Israel was already, was already released from captivity, but they were captives for 70 years there where they were at. For 70 years, they were slaves, they were captives. They had to do what they were told. But because God is so good, many of them were able to move up in the ranks in the government. It's crazy how we see how a lot of... A lot of people were not discriminatory. If you had a skill, they would use that to the to its fullest. Like in church, we try to do that as well. We see you have a skill, we try to cultivate that. We try to build you up so that you'd be able to use it better and for the better as well. So he was a captive slave, but he was able to gain favor with the king and became a not just a cupbearer, but he also became a trusted advisor and counselor. Once again, a slave was able to become a trusted advisor. If a slave was able to do that, how are we, you know, It'll be much easier for us who are not enslaved right now to be able to do what we need to do. Not just at our work, but for the Lord as well. You know. And real quick, we're going to go to Nehemiah. I hope you're, you're there already because we're going to start reading. We're going to go Nehemiah, the first chapter. You're going to be starting at verse 1. And we're going to see what's going on with Nehemiah. 
In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Xerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. And this is, uh, this is uh, Nehemiah talking. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked, the, I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity, about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. So we see that even though Israel was released, there was still a lot of work to be done. Because whenever their nation was destroyed, you know what I mean? To be able to take someone captive, you have to obliterate where they're at. I don't, know the, I don't know the extent, but it was enough to where they knocked all the walls down, which was their fortress, their defense. A lot of us walk around with our walls knocked down. And, you know, we try to figure out how to build that up. And that broke Nehemiah's heart. One, you know, I want to talk about two great things about Nehemiah, two, two of his characteristics. But I want to mention briefly his sensitivity right now. You know, Nehemiah had a quality of sensitivity. It's... To many people, that is a form of weakness. To many people, being sensitive about something, being empathetic about something is a weakness that should be tossed aside. Well, I can tell you right now, that attitude does not come from the Lord. That is not a godly attitude. That's not a godly attribute to toss your feelings aside. No. I'm not saying everyone has to be sensitive. Not everyone has to cry for a little thing. Not everyone has to feel for anything. But if you do, that's who you are. That's how God made you. I am extremely sensitive of certain things. If I see someone crying on TV, I'm like, mm, and I like don't no, change the channel or something. And like I'm very cheesy, as you can call it. You know, like I, it's a quality of I've, it's a characteristic I've had since I was a kid. My parents always tell me that when I saw Hook, when I was like one or two years old, I was watching Hook, the one with Robin Williams, and I'm guessing I can't, I don't remember. I guess someone dies, and then I start. He said because the people on TV were crying, I was crying, and you know. And that showed that, you know, I guess I was sensitive. And, you know, growing up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very sensitive. You know, in a, in a world where sensitivity is not smiled upon, you know, it, 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 it makes the world a confusing place. It really does. But whenever you root yourself in the word of God, you root yourself in who God is and how you're supposed to be, you see, oh, that's okay. Because if you read the Bible, God becomes, Jesus himself wept. Jesus, the man who was God himself, wept when something made him sad. He wept when he, when he saw the future of Jerusalem. He wept when his friend died. So it showed us that it's okay to feel, to have emotions, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. It, it's okay to feel emotion. And Nehemiah, upon hearing the news that his place, his hometown, the place where his people came from, he, he didn't, he, I don't think he's ever seen Jerusalem. You know, he was probably born and raised in captivity. And yet his heart hurt for that place. I don't know what your heart hurts for right now, but it's okay. That's the process of God working inside of you. You might say, oh, this is how I was born. Good. That means God was born with you. God's grace was born in you. And there's something you can work with. You know, if our hearts don't break for what happens to others, regardless of who has it. But, you know, a lot of times we're like, well, I don't know. Let me hear the whole story before I decide if I'm sad or not. No. Things should be sad regardless. You know, we see an accident, oh, well, who's the one that caused it? No, you know, who's the one that's suffering? Maybe, yes, maybe it was that person's fault. Maybe, maybe that drunk, yes, maybe he's the one that caused it. 
But you got to think about that guy's family, too, or that woman's family. You know, there's people who are affected by all things, and we can't just push them, put, push them aside just because we want to. No. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. Even though he had never been there, just the fact that there, he knows that people are suffering was enough to move his heart. And if you don't have that, then you're missing something in your life. I'm not saying you're broken, but you might be. I'm not saying that you've never had it. It might still be there. But it's something that will come from God. If it's something that you feel you're lacking, like, I need a little bit more of this. I need a little bit more of that. Well, talk to God about that. God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly how he'll give it to you. And that's the beautiful thing. Thankfully, God put this in Nehemiah already. So Nehemiah knew what he had to do. Nehemiah knew that he had to do something about it. Even though he didn't... Even though he didn't realize that God was going to use him to do something. A lot of times that we pray, hey, God, I want something to be done. But a lot of times God puts that prayer in us so that we do something about it. And we're going to see two great attributes, two great characteristics that I loved about Nehemiah that built his foundation as a hero for us to learn from. And, yes, I do consider this man a hero because any time that a man is able to do what God wants him to do is a hero, hero in my eyes. Like, you know, we've, we've always had, like, uh, ministers to pass away. Recently, we've had, in our organization, we've had uh, Dr. Reverend Carmona pass away. And, you know, he, he's been around since I've been around, <laughs> you know. Thankfully, he lived a long life. He got to do what he wanted to do. But as an example of a man who lives for the Lord, a man that does what he needs to do for God. And thank God for people like Brother Carmona, for people like Nehemiah, who we have record of the things they have done for the Lord. And one of the greatest things that Nehemiah did is that he had patience, which is, you know, maybe some people are like, oh, no, <laughs> patience, patience, no, I don't want that, or I don't know what that is. But patience is something that Nehemiah had. Patience is something that we need. Patience is a characteristic of what love is. We see that, um, you know, in the verse 4, when I read Nehemiah 1, verse 4, it said, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. So we see that immediately he went to prayer. We see that Nehemiah was going through something like, you know what, I need to do something about this. And immediately, it says immediately he prayed. I don't know what's going on with you, but the first thing you need to learn to do is to pray about it. No matter what is going on, prayer is the first solution. You want an answer? God is the one that will give you the answer, but we need to pray about it first. But also we see that Nehemiah uses time wisely, which is why he had patience. In verse 1 of chapter 1, it says that it was stated that the time was late autumn. And if you go to chapter 2, verse 1, he says, it says the following spring. Meaning that it was about a few, three, four months that Nehemiah prayed about this. Nehemiah took his time to fast, to pray, to do what he needed to do for the, for the people of Jerusalem. At that moment, he was in he could not do anything. He was powerless. A lot of us are powerless to do something right now, whatever it may be. A lot of us are powerless to go out to maybe talk to a loved one. Maybe you're powerless and you can't visit someone who's sick right now. But there is someone who will do what he needs to do for you, and that's the Lord. Nehemiah knew he couldn't do anything for him. He was that. So all he did was pray. He prayed and prayed. Something that's all you can do. Something that may seem like a waste of time. It might seem like, why do I need to do this? But you know what? The more you pray, the more you'll see, the more you get, the more you get that realization of what needs to be done. So the time between his first prayer and then we're going to see him interact with the king, it was four months. 
It took four, three to four months to be able to get an audience with the king. And we'll read into that. Don't worry. We'll get right there. So for four months, he prayed and fasted and continued to do his job at the palace. A lot of times we like to say that I'm going to pray, but I'm going to forget about everything else. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do I'm just going to focus on prayer. But it's not just that. You still need to do what you need to do. You still need to go to work. You still need to eat. You still need to go grocery shopping. You still need to do something. Yes, maybe you have someone there to facilitate things for you, but you still have a job to do. You know, I got a baby. I got to study for servants. I'm working six days a week, you know, but like I've told my wife many times, I've told the audience many times, I've told my congregation many times, this doesn't matter if I can't take her in my house, if I can't take her in my home. This doesn't matter. This, what I'm doing, has no effect if I can't do what I need to do. You know, something that I've learned, it's something that I've learned from other people's mistakes, and I, you know, sad to say, but I thank God for that. I thank God that I didn't have to make those mistakes. You know, I lived... A life where, okay, I see what you're doing, I see what you did wrong, and Lord, please help me avoid that. Not to mock them or anything, but to be better. You know, we all want to be better than the person, than the person before us. Right now, you may be, you know, for those of you who have been praying about something, whether it be for your family, for your church, whatever it may be, maybe you're not in a position to do something right now. Maybe you're not positioned to move things. Maybe you, you're not the boss, so you can't say, okay, this is what we're going to do, we're going to do this and this. Maybe you're not in that position. Maybe you're in the lowest position of where you're at. Maybe you're the youngest person in your family. Maybe you're the youngest sibling, the, you know, whatever, youngest cousin, whatever it may be. Maybe you feel powerless. But you know what? There is a God who can do something. If we, if we read in the Old Testament, we find out that one time there was a battle. I don't remember it was in the book of Joshua. Maybe in, I can't remember when, oh, it was when Moses was still alive. So probably like Deuteronomy, somewhere around there. We see, you can always Google it. We see that Israel was having a battle. And the sun was going down. And they're like, man, if the sun goes down, we're going to lose. They knew we are going to lose once the sun goes down. So what did they do? They prayed to God immediately. And God said, okay, keep your hands up. As long as you keep your hands up, Moses, I will keep the sun up. So Moses says, okay. Mind you, Moses is 80 plus at this, at this time. I don't remember. I don't know the timeline right now. But he was 80 plus right here. So he had to hold his hands up for who knows how long he needed to hold them up for. And you know what? This man got tired. But, so they noticed, you know, read this in the Bible, it's really cool. So he had his hands up, you know, the sun stayed up. And the, when his hands would go down little by little, the sun will go down. There's time in their lives right now, the sun is going down, like, I no, no, no. But guess what? There was someone there to help him. There was someone else there to hold his hands up. We, the church, we are holding your hands up right now. We are praying for you. We are working with you. But we need to know as well what is going on to help you more directly. If we need something comment. You can DM. You can email us. Whatever you need, we are here for you as a church. We're here to help you keep your hands up because right now, maybe all you see is darkness. But all you need to do is raise up your hands and the light will come back out. The light will always come out no matter what. God says you always come out for you when you pray. So for Nehemiah, who's praying for months and months, maybe four months, it seems like a short time for you. Maybe you've been praying for years for something. I prayed for years for something. I've been praying years for many things. And I still see God moving in everything he does. Maybe not position to do something, but you have someone who can do something for you. And how do you know it'll be done for you? Because God gave you another day of life. If God didn't give you another day of life, that means God is done with you. Not like, oh, he's done, he's tossing you aside. No, his job for you is over. When Pastor Carmona passed away, his job was done. He did what he needed to do. He touched, he impacted many, probably thousands, maybe, who knows millions. They say hundreds of thousands of people, who knows? Because as time goes on, more people are going to hear about him. 
Same with Nehemiah, same with David in the Bible. People hear, we hear about this. And millions and maybe billions of people have been impacted. I don't know who will be impacted by your prayer, but I promise you, there will be a generation that comes after you that will thank you for your prayer. They will thank you for what you did for them. Maybe they don't know you. Maybe, you know, we don't know all the pastors. I don't personally don't know all the pastors who were here before me. But because of them, we are here today. So you got to keep on fighting. You got to keep on praying. You got to keep on going. That's all we can do. And you got to be patient. So there goes Nehemiah waiting patiently, waiting patiently on the Lord. And it's not going to be the easiest thing by any means. It is not easy to wait for something that you have no control over at that moment. Because there's times where, you know, there's a time where we have to wait and then the Lord presented to us. But Nehemiah was at that waiting time. Okay, I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to wait. I got to wait. Lord, please do something. Lord, please do something. And his heart was broken. You know, Nehemiah was like, oh, we're going to see in chapter two what happens. But Nehemiah was torn up. To be able to have to pray and fast for that long, you have to be so broken hearted. I mean, there's probably people who have been crying for months, for years maybe, or someone, a family member lost or whatever. But you know what? God can give you the peace that you need right now. You know, we don't always realize, but, we see, but God always moves things. We don't always see it, but God is always moving something in our favor to better bless you. Maybe you don't like the way things are going, but you know what? God's going to move this here and there, here and there, here and there. You never know what's going to happen. Like, let's say your car breaks down. Well, thank God that your car broke down, where it broke down, when it broke down. Yesterday, my father-in-law's key broke inside the ignition. We're like, well, you know, we're going home hours later. He did, you know, he had, you know, he fixed it. I held the flashlight. I was getting yelled at. I'm just kidding. I wasn't getting yelled at. I don't think I was getting yelled at. I don't remember. I zoned him out after all. Love you, man. But, you know, I, you know, we're on the phone. I'm like, well, thank God it happened here at work. You can go inside where there's AC. All your tools were here. It didn't happen while you were working. You, didn't, you weren't dragging ice around. You weren't stuck at the prison. You know, It was going to break eventually. I always say things were going to happen. That key was going to break. Whatever happened to your life was going to happen then. Whatever happens tomorrow is meant to happen tomorrow. The only difference is, is God going to be there with you or not? Are you going to have God inviting you? Are you going to invite God with you? Whatever happens tomorrow, I pray that you invite God into your tomorrow. Say, God, I'm going to need you tomorrow, though, same way I needed you today. That's what Nehemiah was doing. Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you. And through this, he was able to instill a strong conviction and determination to get his goal accomplished. The more you pray about something, the more you'll be able to see what you need to do. The more you'll be able to see the goal that's coming, that's coming for you. Maybe you don't know what the goal is, but, you know, like, like they always say, you know, it sounds cliche, but go towards the light. You know, Jesus is the light. And that's all I've been doing, but, you know, my whole life. Now I'm just going towards the light, and then along the way, I see the fruits of my labor. I see the fruits of my prayer, the fruits of the prayer of others, my parents, and whoever else came before them. It's all there waiting for you. And Nehemiah knew he had to pray. He knew, that's all I can do, and I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. So he prayed and prayed and prayed. And then four months later, we're going to see what happened. I'm going to go to Nehemiah chapter 2. hope you said in Nehemiah, because I said we're going to go there. Nehemiah chapter 2. Verse 2, Nehemiah 2, 2. And it says, and we're going to be re- it's going to be a little longer reading. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? Pause. This man has been sad for four months. For four months, he's been ragged. So immediately the king was able to say, hey, what's wrong with you? 
<laughs> There's some of us who, you know, maybe are like, oh, what's wrong with you? We've been sad for so long. Maybe it's not the person you like, but someone will come up to you and ask you, are you okay? And maybe that's the person God put before you, and we're going to see how that happened with Nehemiah. So the king asked me, verse 2, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Verse 4, the king asked, well, how can I help you? With the prayer to the God of heaven, so he prayed silently. He prayed like, oh, Lord, please help me. I replied, if it pleases the king, and if you're pleased with me, your servant, sent me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him, they were all there, asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through my, their territories on my way to Judah. Eight. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's force, instructing him to give me timber. I will need to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Verse 9, when I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letter to them. The king, I should add, has sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. I don't know about you, but this is ridiculous <laughs> to me. This is so illogical to me. How could Nehemiah ask the king for help? First of all, I was like, how do you have the guts to do it? Well, because he had the second characteristic. The first was patience. Second thing he had was courage. He had the courage to ask for what he needed. The opportunity came, hey, how can, the king said himself, how can I help you? The king said that. And he said, well, Lord, what do I do? Okay. And just kept going and going and going. I'm like, <laughs> it seems so ridiculous. Like, how do you ask the king for everything? How do you go up to the king and say, I need this, and then need a letter for this guy, I need a letter for that guy. And then the king at the end says, well, you know what? I'm going to send some people with you to protect you. That's, for me, that's ridiculous. For us, you know, maybe for you, you, know, you don't understand how a monarchy works. You know, the king said, oh, I don't like your idea. Go away. That's the end of it. Oh, the king could have been offended and be like, what? You don't want me to stay here with me? Well, I'm going to kill you. You know, things like that did happen. You know, you might, you might think the TV exaggerates, but that's the power the king had is what I'm saying. The king had the power to say, you know what? I don't care about what you say, so whatever. But Nehemiah had a king who was not even his king. They're not from the same bloodline. This king was not a servant of God. This king was not what we would have thought would have helped him. But Nehemiah said, well, you know what? I need this and this and this and this. And now we, present day, we have a king that we can ask anything and everything to. Everything you want to ask him, you can ask him for. And then at the end, what does, the, what does our king say? You know what? I'm going to send some protection your way as well. So while you are waiting for your goal, you can get to where you need to get and have everything you need. Everything. 
maybe for you everything's a little bit, but what? That's everything. Maybe for you everything is a lot, and you know what? That's everything. You know, if you don't understand that word, you know, read more and look up the definition. What does everything mean? Absolutely everything, because he got everything he asked for, and the way God does things, plus more. But why? Because the grace of God was upon him, because he spent all that time praying and fasting, and still working, doing what he needed to do. If he prayed and fasted and didn't do his job for the king, the king would not have listened to him. The king would have cared less. We need to keep doing what we are doing right now and more. Extra time, you know, praying. Maybe you got to stay up later to pray. Maybe you need to wake up earlier to pray. Maybe you got to skip dinner, skip lunch. So you can say, God, you know what? I'm going to show you how dedicated I am to you. It's not a masochist nature as some people like to see it. No, it's a dedication that we're giving ourselves to the Lord. That's exactly what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah had the courage to do so. So as the king spoke to him, he said, oh, Lord, what did I do? And you know what happens? The Lord comes over him to speak what he needed to say. There is no logical way that Nehemiah had this speech planned. There is no way. There's no way Nehemiah knew that God was going to use him for this. There is no way. Maybe for you, there's no way you're going to get that car, that home, that job. Maybe it feels like there's no way your family will come to church. Maybe you feel like there's no way your family will expand. But you have a God who will give you everything you need and more. But you need to have that courage to do so. You need to fight with their patience. Just fight, fight, fight. And then when the time comes, have the courage to do something with it. How can I help you? Is what God is telling you today. How can I help you? Some of you have already asked God for something. And you know what? God presented to you already. But some of you have been waiting to hear those words. And now you have heard them today. How can I help you? Maybe I myself can give you the millions of dollars that you need to prosper in life. But there is a man. There is a God. There is a spirit right now who is able to give you all your needs at this very moment. Maybe not in the way you like it. Maybe not deliver to you the way Santa Claus delivers presents. But he will give it to you the way he needs to do it just for you. And that's what matters. This courage was not built overnight. Everything you want and need won't come to you overnight. So stop asking for it overnight. Lord, I need a one-day delivery right now. No. He doesn't have to do it. That's why. Don't ask because he doesn't have to do it. <laughs> you just say, Lord, I need this, and the Lord will provide with what you need. It will take time and preparation. Will you allow God to prepare you for what you want and for what he wants to give you? Will you be ready? Will you be prepared? Will you take the time to talk to him so when it's his time to talk to you, you will listen? I, if you don't talk to God, you don't know his voice, you can't do anything about it. When he talks to you, you're not going to recognize him. I'm like, what's that sound? There's time that God's going to tug at your heart. You're going to be like, oh, why am I being sensitive? Oh, I can't do that. Or, oh, why do I feel like crying? Oh, I can't cry. Push that aside. There's, not, there's no time for that. Whatever you're going through, for, going through right now, there's no time for your feelings to get in the way. It's not about what you feel right now. It's about what God says to you. Yes, you, the individual, matters. But it's about what God says as well. Right now, the way you feel, well, I feel like I can't do this. Your feelings, no. It's what God says. Your feelings don't go with the truth of God. Be careful with those. I can't tell you to get rid of them because... You know, I, still, I still got feelings too, you know what I mean? But I don't allow certain things to overcome me. 
I don't allow fear to overcome me. I don't allow worry to overcome me, anxiety to overcome me. Does it happen sometimes? Yeah, sure, it happens sometimes. But I know where to leave it to. I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm not saying that we're stress-free people here. No. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish we were. But that's what makes us who we are. That's what makes us able to tell you what we need to tell you. Because we understand you. We understand what you're going through. Maybe I haven't gone through your exact situation. But you know what happens? Okay. So there's a lot that I have not gone through. Mostly, well, because, you know, thanks to good family hasn't happened. And because of my personal decisions. I don't know what it is to be high. I don't know what it is to be addicted to drugs. I don't know what it is to be drunk. I don't know any of that. But I don't have to know that in order to empathize with people about it. You know, I don't have to know what it is to recover from try to recover from alcoholism to not feel something for you. You know what happens when you pray? To, when you live a, a life of prayer, God comes over you, okay. And when God is in you, God is in your heart. God is part of your everyday life. You start to feel things. Like I said, you know, you could, might call it a sensitivity, but that's God letting you know how to work with people. You know, because like you know, that's what I say that you know. You know, but I'm probably, you know, not me. You know, it's going to sound weird saying it like this, but that I'm, I'm perfect for this because since I don't know what you're going through, I have to fully rely on God to understand. I have to fully rely on God to know what you need. All that fasting, all that praying that you need to do is for that as well. Maybe you need it for yourself. Maybe you need it for others. Maybe you need it for your family, for your church, for your community. Maybe you're the one that needs to do it for your work. I don't know what you need. But as you know, you have a king who says, how can I help? And we see later on in the book, we're not going to touch on it, but we see how Nehemiah's courage helps guide him. You know, that was his, his patience and his courage was his foundation of what he needed to do. If you want, you know, continue to read the book of Nehemiah. Or if you don't have time to read, you say you don't have time to read, do what I did. You know, if you have the version Bible, there's certain versions of it that have the play button. You can just listen to it. And it'll play through the whole book. Actually, you play, I, don't, I think it plays till you stop it yourself, actually. You know, it just goes and goes and goes. And maybe you're like, you're, maybe you have to wash dishes and you can't read while washing dishes. Play it on your ears. Do what you got to do. Take the time to do what you need to do. Because God is ready to help you. God has already said, how can I help you? But if you haven't prayed, you're going to be like, you're not going to know what to say. If Nehemiah didn't pray and just looked sad all the time and was sad all the time without praying, when the king came up to him and says, what do you need? He would have been like, I promise you that's exactly what would happen. Uh, 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 not, because God, not because God isn't good. It's because he didn't search for God. But then he was able to give out this elaborate thing to give to the king. I need this. I need that. I need this and that. That's not normal. <laughs> that was not normal. That was not logical. But God uses man to be a leader. God uses man. You know, he probably didn't think he was going to be the leader. For 12 years, he was the governor of Judah whenever they went back. And he had to, you know, he had to shape it up over there. And if you see in the, reading the Bible, he left and came back and had to reshape it because people were not doing what they were supposed to do. But you need to have the patience and the courage in order to do so. I want to pray with you guys real quick. Pray that you get that patience, that you get that desire. You know, that when something happens, that you pray right away. You, we need to pray no matter what. You might think it's a waste of time. Maybe it seems like that. To, I'm sorry if it seemed like that to you. But I promise you, God did something for you. Maybe you didn't realize it. Maybe because it's not what you wanted, but God is always doing something for you, no matter what.
Because that's who our king is. Everything says, how can I help you? He helps you. And as we saw at the end of Nehemiah 2, we said that he sends, his, in the first couple of verses, he sends protection to be around you. God has always has something around you to protect you. Because God is a good God. So we're going to pray real quick. Make sure that, and pray that your feelings are in check the way they're supposed to be. That you're concentrating on things that you're supposed to concentrate on. You know, like I said, if you need any help, any instructions on how to pray, how to fast, maybe you never heard the word fasting before, like that, what is that? You can always email us, you can leave us a comment, you can do whatever you want, but we are here. Reach out to us because we are here to help you. I, today, as a representative of the church, as a representative of our pastor, I say, how can I, we help you today? Because we are here for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you join us again next week. If this message has impacted you in any way, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by hitting the link in the description. Have a blessed day.